Turn with me this uh, morning, please, to Scripture we looked at last week in 1 Peter, the first chapter. 1 Peter 1. We looked in verse uh, 18 and read, he said, you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Let me read uh, the NCV, the New Century Version. He said, you know, in the past you lived in a worthless way. A way passed down from people who lived before you, but you were saved from that useless life. Did you hear these words? Worthless, useless. You were bought, not with something that ruins, like gold or silver. But you were bought, redeemed means to buy or buy back, with the precious blood of Christ, who was the pure and perfect lamb. The complete English version says you you weren't rescued by things as silver and gold that don't last forever. Silver and gold, money, is temporary. Everybody say that out loud. Money Money. is temporary. temporary. Gold. Is temporary. temporary. Somebody said, well, diamonds are forever. (laughs) Actually, they're not. (laughs) Neither is gold. It's all temporary. (laughs) We translation says, but we were bought with the costly blood, the highly honored blood of the Lamb, without blemish. Spotless, the blood of Christ. That was the payment that bought us back from the worthless life. From being useless. The precious blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. We went into some detail last time. If you weren't with us, uh, let me encourage you to catch up with us. We covered some very important things. Talking about who are you? Who am I? What is our identity? Where do we get our sense of worth? Our sense of value? Because you either have none or you have some. (laughs) And if you have some, what's it based on? I went into some detail about my childhood and my background. And where I begin to find some identity and worth. And the reason I did it is because I know you'll relate to it. I knew you would. I talked about being born uh, to my parents. And and so I'm a moor. I was born in the south. I was born a country boy. I talked about, you know, as a little boy thinking I was Tarzan. And looking for some identity. I could literally swing through the trees. And yell like him. And I'd swim in the ponds and rivers. Even though there were snakes and alligators in there. I was fearless. Or dumb. Whichever you'd like to. (laughs) Fearless and dumb I guess. 
But thank God for angels. <laughs> I made it through. Now I visited the emergency room just about every summer for stitches. <laughs> Pretty wild. But anyway, then in the high school and, and, and later, I was able to, even though we didn't have a lot of money, I worked a full-time job after school and side jobs and, and made enough money to have a car and then a fast car. And uh, then uh, Phyllis and I uh, began to date, and so I had the fast car and the pretty girl. <laughs> I was doing all right. <laughs> but that was, that's my identity. Come on, are y'all with me? You understand what I'm talking about? I was into some athletics in the area of uh, uh, fighting arts, karate, some of those things. And that was my identity. And, and um, But we made this statement. I believe the Lord gave this to us. If your identity and your value is in anything you can lose, it's in the wrong things. You're vulnerable to an identity crisis. You are vulnerable to believing you are worthless. You see people. Just recent things in the news I noticed. Individuals who appeared to be doing really good. And then something came up that they were going to lose their place and position. They just committed suicide. Why? Because in their mind without that they're nothing. They have nothing. You see uh, great athletes who are at the top uh, of their field and maybe sustain a bad injury and they can't play or they can't perform like that anymore, just become so depressed. Uh, or maybe they're a great musician or something happens to a hand and, and they can't play like that anymore. They just become hopelessly in a rut, depressed and dejected. Why? Because their, their identity or most of their identity and value was wrapped up in them being able to play that sport or play that instrument or have that position. Come on, can you see this? Or maybe it was with a family member or a spouse and that spouse dies or they lose that spouse or that friend for some reason. Now they don't know who they are. They don't know what they are. If your identity and your value is in anything you can lose, you're vulnerable. You're not secure. We talked about this from the scripture. In fact, uh, well, I won't turn there for time's sake, but both Matthew and Luke talk about it, about the man. Jesus said, if a man hears my sayings, believes them and hears them, does my sayings, he's like the man that dig deep and laid his, built his house on a foundation of stone, of rock. And when the winds blow and the waves crash, it won't move. But what is that? That's hearing what he said. That's believing what he said. That's doing what he said. Put you on a rock. And you can't be moved. But if what you're hearing and believing and doing is based on something other than what he said, you're on sand. And the thing is, sometimes you feel just fine being on sand. You're just great. Being on sand until, until the storm hits. Then you find out real quick, I'm not going to make it through this. 
Because I'm not established on something. I'm not built on something that's immovable. I'm built on something I can lose. Now look with me at two verses, please. Look with me in Hebrews, the second chapter. 14, would you notice, please? Hebrews 2.14. He said, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, talking about Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same. Jesus became a human being. Flesh and blood, like ours. So that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Let me tell you something to shout about. The devil ain't what he used to be. <laughs> Do you see that little word, H-A-D? Had? <laughs> the devil's a has-been. <laughs> Did Jesus take part of flesh and blood? Did he offer himself up on the cross? Did he pay the price? Does he have the keys of death and hell? Did he overcome the sin and the grave? He destroyed him that had the power of death. I'm telling you, the devil ain't what he used to be. He ain't. He's been stripped. He's been brought to nothing, the scripture says. He is under the feet of the body of Christ. You are in the body of Christ. Is that right? Jesus is the head. We are the body. Jesus didn't do all this for himself. He did it for us. His victory is our victory. Glory to God. How was worth you getting up, combing your hair and coming over? Just that right there. (laughs) He, He took on this flesh and blood. Why did Jesus have to become a human being like us? Well, this is telling part of it right here. So that through death, he couldn't die until he did that. Until he became a human being with a flesh and blood body like us, he couldn't die. And he had to die in order to conquer death. And he had to die in order to conquer the one that had the power of death. The devil. Did he die? Did he do it? Did the word of God the Son of God, become flesh? And did He in the body die? Yes, He did. Then He has conquered death. And the one that had the power of death, He has conquered the devil. And we stand in that finished victory. And we are to occupy what He took until Jesus returns. Verse 15. And Jesus did this. He took on flesh and blood. He died to destroy him that had the power of death and to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Subject to it. Vulnerable to it. What made them subject to bondage? Fear. Fear of what? Fear of death. Now the fear of death includes more than just physically dying. The myriad of phobias that you could describe 
are the, actually they are the fear of death or they're attached to the fear of death. There's fear of spiders, fear of heights, fear of depths, fear of close places, fear of being alone, fear, I mean, just about anything you can mention, there's a phobia of. Fear of flying in airplanes, fear of boats, fear of cars. Well, it's not that you're afraid of an airplane. People are afraid of, they're not really just afraid of flying, they're afraid of crashing and dying. Dying. <laughs> and it's not just that they're afraid of a crowd. They're afraid of getting in the crowd and smothering and dying. It all comes back to dying. Dying. And this is the hook that the devil has in the whole population down here. And sadly, much of the church, he has the same hook that he has in the unsaved. Because they are so scared of dying or dying young, or losing this, or losing that, or this one dying. They're so scared of it. They will do practically anything to stay here another day or two, or to hold on to this, or hold on to that. And it makes you, or anybody, subject to bondage. Being in jail, being in prison, being in chains. But how do you get free? Come on, help me out. How? how How do you get free? Is it possible to be completely free from the fear of death? Is it? That you just absolutely are not afraid to die at all? Huh? For the believer, dying is not even close to being the worst thing that can happen to you. But you have to have a revelation of the truth to see it that way. To be carnally minded is death. If this is your whole world, what you're seeing and feeling on the earth here, then you think this is all there is. You act like this is all there is. Losing this is losing everything. But it's not true. I said it's not true. This is the shortest thing we will ever do. We're headed out right now. (laughs) They tell us about every 1.8 seconds a person or two dies. Somewhere on the earth. Two more. Two more. Two more. Died somewhere. On the planet. If you could back off from the earth and see in the spirit... Spirits are leaving this place by the thousands at any moment of the day that you want to look. We have arrivals, babies being born by the thousands all over the place, and departures. This happens every day. Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. But he wasn't dreading it. He said, I fought a good fight. I've run a good race. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. He's looking forward to leaving. Looking forward. Why would you dread the departure? Because you you think you're going somewhere bad. Or you're not going anywhere at all. (laughs) No. 
Have you ever looked forward to a departure? Maybe you're going on vacation to some great place that you've been planning and looking forward to. You're not dreading the departure. You're looking forward to the departure. And when you get to that place, you have no fear of death. And when you get like that, the enemy loses his leverage. He loses his leverage in your life. And he can't coerce you with the fear of death. Let's pray it out loud. Father God, God, open my eyes eyes to the truth truth of redemption, of resurrection, resurrection, of what happens at death, death. going to be with you, you, which is far better, better. going to be with you, which is great gain. gain. Help me to see the truth of this and walk in the light of this. And the truth makes me free, free from the fear of death forever in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm believing with you and me that we get completely free from any vestige of the fear of death. Now, another way of saying fear of death is saying fear of loss. Fear of loss. A lot of times when somebody dies, what will somebody say? We lost them. And then, if it's funeral time, what are people saying right and left to each other? Sorry for your loss. And what a lot of people believe and are acting like, even if they say they believe something different, they're acting like it is irrecoverable loss. They are gone, gone forever gone. Loss. And that's what the fear is of. Fear of loss. Fear of irrecoverable. A loss I can't get back. I know some years ago when my my dad went home to be with the Lord. And I was uh, was just praying, talking to the Lord about it. He wasn't that old. And I said, Lord, there was things I wanted to do. I'd wanted to do with him and we wanted to do it. And uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, well, who said you won't get to do them? I don't mean I heard a voice on this, but it just came up to my mind. The Lord speaking to me in my heart. Some of the things you want to do later on, you won't care about. Some of the things you still will care about, and you will yet get to do them with him. He said, your dad's not just in your past. He's in your future. I didn't lose him. He just relocated. Is that right? He departed from here and went there. How many believe the Bible? Now, come on, do you believe the Bible? To be absent from the body is to be gone, gone, gone. Huh? Come on, help me out. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You're not gone. You're not missing. You're not lost. You're relocated. We don't cry and heave for year after year because our relatives moved from Florida to Texas. They're gone. They're gone. Gone. No, they're in Texas. I know you miss them and want to see them, but you're going to get to see them real soon. God time, about 30 minutes. 
Because with him, a thousand years is like a day. God time, just another hour, hour and a half, you'll be there. I'm convinced that our people that are already there, they're going to see us. They go, you're already here. And it might have been 75 years. But to them, they're experiencing time as God is. <laughs> oh, somebody say glory to God. But believing these truths frees you, takes away the devil's leverage to put you in bondage. If you're not afraid of dying, you can leave the house. Take a trip. Take a flight. <laughs> Get in the car and go somewhere. Come on, are you with me? Eat something you were scared of. Be around something you were scared of. I'm not just saying do something foolishly, but you don't have to be a prisoner because of fear. All of us, if the Lord tears is coming just that much longer, all of us are going to die. How many people are around here from the 1600s? <laughs> How many? Not a one. Not a one. And if the Lord tears is coming in a few years, they're going to say that about this period of time. And who will be remaining? Not a one. Does that, that scare you? No. No. I mean, I'm thankful for every good thing we enjoy about this place, but this place is cursed. There's darkness here. There's evil here. There's a lot of stuff wrong with this place. Compared to heaven, it's a garbage can. I know we don't know that, but we're going to find out about it. And thank God, the Lord's going to fix it too. New heavens and new earth. Go with me, please, to Hebrews 6. I haven't changed subjects. Who are you? What is your identity? What's it based in? Is it something you can lose? Because if it is, you're on shaky ground. You're on sand. You need something to anchor you. Something that won't move. In uh, Hebrews 6.18, he says, I'm, I'm reading the Amplified, this is so that by two unchangeable things, somebody say unchangeable, unchangeable. in which it's impossible for God to ever prove false or deceive us. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. It's impossible for God to trick us or lie to us. We who fled to him for refuge might have mighty indwelling strength. And strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us and set before us. Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Anchored. Most people are plagued with insecurity. They act the way they do because of being insecure. You know what I'm talking about. Talk too much. Say dumb things. Not outgoing enough. Miss opportunities. Feel bad about this. Insecure 
about how they sound, how they look, where they live, what they have, who they know, what they're a part of. Insecure. And that's because of identity being based in the wrong thing. And value being based off of the wrong thing. I'm excited about this series. Are you excited with me? Please remember, you got a third of this equation here. Is that right? Because if you're not excited, we got a problem. I'm excited about where we're going with this. I'm believing God. Are you believing with me? I'm believing God that we see ourselves the way God sees us. That we see why he finds us so precious and so valuable and why he wanted us so much and went to such lengths to get us. When we see it and we get established in this truth, it's going to set us free from insecurities and lack of confidence from fears. Can you see this? It's going to absolutely liberate us. Somebody say, so be it. So be it it in Jesus' name. Now, go with me to uh, Proverbs 31. We touched on last week some of the things people have their identity in and base their value upon. I want to touch on a couple of them in our remaining time if we have that time. If not, can you come back? If, yes. Unless the Lord comes back and then we won't care. We'll, we'll finish it in heaven. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be way better. Way, way better. <laughs> People's identity from little ones, grade school, high school, college, professional on, their identity is based in things that are unsure. And things that are always changing. And things that they will lose. And if you're not prepared for that. You lose your identity. You lose your sense of value and worth. One of them is beauty. (laughs) Or looks. (laughs) People have their identity. In their looks. And society has this whole caste system of pretty people and not so pretty people. And it's completely based on appearance, physical appearance. (laughs) Well, how long are you going to keep your looks? (laughs) Are your looks changing every day? (laughs) Well, if you're not as pretty as you were when you were 18. <laughs> Have you lost your identity? No. Have you lost your value? No. People have their identity in their strength. In their brawn. In their ability. Athletic ability. Or I'm a strong man. I'm a strong woman. Well is your strength going to stay the same? No. Throughout the your age and, and decades? No. I didn't say you couldn't be strong in old age, but are you going to be able to run when you're 85 exactly like you did when you were 25? No. 
It'd be miraculous. <laughs> people, uh, people have their identity in their possessions. They're the ones that live in the big house. They're the ones that drive the expensive car. But what if you didn't have the car? Who are you without the house? <laughs> Who are you without any of the cars? Who are you without the jewelry? Without the clothes? People have their identity in position. President of the company. Head supervisor. Best one of these tradesmen, best plumber in the city. Well, what if you're no longer a plumber? What if you're no longer in the business? Who are you without your plumbing? Who are you? What are you without the stuff, without the position? Are you seeing what I'm saying, friends? If your identity and your sense of value and worth is in anything or anybody that you can lose, you're in danger. You're vulnerable. And if that's the case, you know you can lose it whether you want to admit it or not. The enemy has leverage to work on you and put you in bondage because you're afraid of losing it. And in losing it or losing them, losing who you are. Losing your identity. Oh, but friends, you don't have to be subject to such things. Our identity... Hallelujah, if we believe it and established in it, it cannot be lost. Amen. It cannot be lost. It, it does not change. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about beauty for a little bit. I knew you were so excited about that one. <laughs> Proverbs 31. I know we got such a, such a good looking bunch. Both churches and our partners are just handsome and pretty people. But if that changed a little bit for some reason, I don't want you insecure. <laughs> Proverbs 31, 30. Talking about the virtuous woman. What made her the virtuous woman, the woman whose price was above rubies? What made her so valuable? That's what virtuous means. It's talking about valuable. This whole chapter. She's valuable, precious treasure of a woman. What made her so? Well, at the end here it says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. Her beauty, even though she was pretty, beautiful, snappy dresser and all that. That's not what made her beautiful. That's not what made her valuable. But a woman that fears the Lord... She shall be praised. The Amplified says. Beauty is vain because it's not lasting. The complete English version says. Charm can be deceiving. And beauty fades away. But a woman who honors the Lord. Deserves to be praised. The God's word translation says. Charm is deceptive. And beauty evaporates. <laughs> now a lot of people don't like to. They don't like to hear that. They don't like to believe that. And they believe they can defy it with the creams and the injections. <laughs> and hey, I'm not against any of that. I mean, anything that'll help you and you're happy about it, hey. But <laughs> the truth is, 
<laughs> but we're having one today, aren't we? <laughs> the truth is, Scripture says we our whole existence down here, our physical existence, is like a flower. It's like grass. In Isaiah and numerous places other than that, it says the Spirit of God cried out and said, All flesh is grass. And all the glory and beauty of flesh is like the beauty of the flower and the grass. It springs up. It's, the flower is, it blooms. It's beautiful. And immediately, what starts happening? Immediately. It starts fading and drying up. That's me and you. Physically. We reach our peak. And then we begin to age and go the other direction. That's because of the curse in the earth. Everything down here is dying. Everything. And if you're afraid of loss, because if, if I'm not as pretty as I used to be, or handsome, or as strong, then I'm nobody anymore. That's only because your value was in the wrong thing to start with. Right? Your, your identity was in the wrong thing. The Bible says in, in Corinthians, though the outward man is perishing or decaying, the inward man is renewed day by day. There is a beauty that doesn't fade. There is a strength that doesn't wane. There are riches you can't lose. Oh, is anybody interested in this? And when your identity is in that, and your value is in that, you are secure. You are built on a solid rock. Your soul is anchored, hallelujah, in bedrock. And no matter what happens to you, you're no less valuable. You're no less important. You don't lose your identity. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Go with me to 1 Peter, please. Go to 1 Peter 3. and I'm going to put up another verse on the screen while you're doing that. Put up Proverbs 11, 22. You're going to 1 Peter 3. Here's a profound word right here. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout. That's a pig's nose. So is a fair woman which is without discretion. <laughs> this is the Bible. <laughs> and it's true. A beautiful woman. And the woman is the fairer. <laughs> between the man and the woman. Men can be good looking. Don't misunderstand me. But I mean women. God has made beautiful. On another level. I hear all the men going, amen, amen. <laughs> if you think about it, they were the last thing God created. Right? The creation just kept developing, developing. But I don't care how stunning a woman might be. If she's mean and stubborn on the inside, I'm quoting scripture. 
Put, put up Young's literal. You'll see why I say it. Young's literal translation says, A ring of gold in the nose of a sow is a fair woman and stubborn of behavior. If you're not pretty on the inside, then your beauty on the outside is as wasted. Not to say it's not important, it's just a waste. <laughs> it's a waste because of the, who the beauty's on. But it is fleeting, no matter who it's on. Like a ring of gold in a pig's nose. Well, the ring of gold is beautiful, but then you look at the pig and he's all muddy. <laughs> you think, that pig just messes up that picture, man. I mean, I like a ring of gold, but not on a pig. <laughs> we need to focus more on inner beauty than outer beauty because the inner never fades oh somebody didn't hear that the inner beauty never fades never ages wears out decays the outer man is decaying but the inner man is not it's not, I don't care if you've been born again 75 years, inside you haven't aged a day, not a day. You should have developed, grow up, become stronger, but you can't age and get old on the inside. Your spirit, hallelujah, glory to God. I mentioned uh, the Lord in our series on victory over death, I shared the experience the Lord let me have to go see my dad. I saw him for just a few moments in heaven. Somebody said it really happened. As far as I'm concerned, it did. Just as real as me standing here looking at you. And uh, I'd never seen him like that. Hair jet black and shiny. <laughs> Last time I saw him, he had lost most of it. And it was gray, gray, and white, and and uh, man, I never, of course, I, you know, I never saw him when he was 20 years old. And that's about what he looked like. But even better, man, he looked good. Next time you see your loved ones that have gone, gone to heaven, I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed. You're going to go, wow, mom, you look amazing. And then she'll probably say, have you looked at yourself lately? <laughs> And you know, it's nothing wrong with making an effort, trying to look as good as you can down here in this body, but it's a losing proposition, man. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you can get it all fixed up, and in a few hours, it's all to do over again. Is that right? It needs washing again and brushing again, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was telling the, the, the lady that cuts my hair here just a few days ago, I said, uh, I said, thank God. Soon and very soon. We won't have to spend all this time messing with hair. <laughs> you know, it's either got too much of it or not enough of it. Or it's, it's dirtier, it's this or that. We're going to, all the time it's going to be freed up later on. Not having to clean dirty houses. And mess with these bodies so much. We, oh, thank God. Amen. Somebody say thank God. thank God. reason I'm saying that is because if that's real enough to you. If you discover a new wrinkle in the mirror, 
it won't be a serious blow to your identity. Right? Or as the decades pass and you look in the mirror and it doesn't even look like the picture in your high school yearbook. You lose none of your value because inside you are a knockout. Inside you are more stunning than you ever appeared in the flesh. And that's what you got forever. You'll never lose it. It never fades. Let's read about it. 1 Peter 3 and 3. Complete English version. Verse 3. Don't depend on things like fancy hairdos or gold jewelry or expensive clothes to make you look beautiful. Now that doesn't mean you can't have a fancy hairdo or some good clothes. If you look at the King James, I've seen groups that said, don't let your adorning be the uh, outward apparel, uh, plaiting of a hair, uh, putting on of clothes. And they pick one of them and say, well, it's wrong to wear gold. It's wrong to fix your hair. Well, then it's wrong to wear clothes. <laughs> you got to be consistent. Is that right? With the rest of the translation. <laughs> no, it's okay to wear some clothes. In fact, we won't let you in here. <laughs> without some clothes. Well, if it's okay to wear some clothes, it's okay to fix your hair. And it's okay to have some jewelry. But does it need to be emphasized, this is not what makes you who you are. Here the phrase is like, the clothes make the man. Not even close. Not even close. I've had people actually talk to us about, you know, why, Brother Keith, why do you still wear a, a suit and a tie? Don't you know that that's old? That's passe? You know, all the big churches, the guys are, are preaching in uh, T-shirts and jeans. And, and don't you know that? Yeah, I know it. <laughs> but you know, I turn on the evening news and the guy's wearing a tie. I see heads of businesses and they're wearing suits and ties. Is that right? If they dress up a little bit to bring me the bad news, <laughs> I think I'll dress up a little bit to bring you the good news. <laughs> it's, it's not about a coat and a tie. That's Western. Some Eastern things that don't even apply. I tell you what does matter. That church and the things of God are important enough to you that you do your best. If all you got is two t-shirts and a pair of jeans, get your good t-shirt. Come on, are you listening? Get your good t-shirt and iron your jeans when you go to church. It shouldn't be the same as going out in the backyard for a picnic. It's more important to you. You just, you make the best effort you can. You don't have to have a bunch of money or a bunch of clothes. It ain't about that. It's just about doing the best you can. And that's what Phyllis and I have been doing for decades now. When I first started in the ministry, I had two sport coats and uh, I think three pair of pants. And so, so you switch. <laughs> and you mix and match and they get worn. But I begin to confess I'm going to have good clothes to do what I need to do. And, 
And when I meet people and I meet business people and meet, you know, you meet people in all walks of life. If they're dressed up, I need to be dressed up some. And I'm, what I'm representing is no less important, in fact, more so, right, than what they're representing. Well, anyway, I, I said all that, didn't I? <laughs> you just shouldn't treat the things of God as trivial, as unimportant. You can be too casual with the things of God. Don't depend on things like fancy hairdos or gold jewelry or expensive clothes to make you look beautiful. Be beautiful in your heart. Being gentle and quiet. This kind of beauty will last. Somebody say it lasts. It lasts. God considers it very special. The easy to read says the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, that beauty will never disappear. It's worth very much to God. The BBE says, the ever shining ornament of a gentle and quiet spirit that's of great price in the eyes of God. Now, something the Lord pointed out to me some years back. When he said the, the gentle and quiet spirit, he's not just talking about women. A gentle and quiet spirit is of great price to him, period. Specifically with the woman, he's saying that makes them more beautiful than the hairdo. But he, uh, Jesus, how many believe Jesus is beautiful? <laughs> Beyond description. When we see him in his glory, we're going to be in awe. Hallelujah. You believe that? Beautiful. Beyond words. And he said, come learn about me. Learn of me. What thing did he mention? I am meek and lowly, humble of heart. This is one of the big things that makes us beautiful. Being rebellious is being ugly. Being stubborn, unwilling to obey God is being ugly. And uh, being prideful and arrogant is being ugly. It actually changes your countenance. It affects the flesh. Can you see people that get obstinate and hard? It affects their jaw set. It affects the set of their eyes, doesn't it? Well, humility affects you too. Humility's not a bad thing. Humility's beauty in the eyes of God. Humility's not believing you're nothing. It's humbling yourself before who God is. And what he is. It's honesty. Before God. And he finds that beautiful. How many think what God finds beautiful? You should find beautiful. Because it truly is. And will always be. And here's the thing. It's beautiful to him forever. Never fades. Never ages. Never wears out. Can you say amen? The NIV says your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair, wearing of gold jewelry, fine clothes. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty. Somebody say unfading beauty. Don't you like the sound of that? Unfading beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Imperishable beauty. Glory be to God. 
Go with me in closing, I think. To Romans, the 11th chapter. Romans 11, and I got about halfway through today, so <laughs> we can pick up here. That's one great thing about church. Right? The Lord tears is coming. We plan on coming back. We got a place here. We're not renting it by the week. It's paid for. It's our place. Oh, glory to God. Are you happy about it? It's our place. Things paid for. Every parking spot, every blade of grass, paid for. Hmm? Just like your stuff. You say, well, not yet. No, you missed it. I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. I call your houses, your condos, come on, are you listening? Your apartments, your cars, paid off. Paid in full. We don't, we don't say these things at every offering just to be saying them. Our faith, Phyllis and my faith, is hooked with you. The rest of the church, am I saying it right? The rest of the church, we're hooked with each other. Is that right? Your place, paid for. Glory to God. Romans 11. Romans 11, 28. I said, go to 29 for time's sake. It says, God's gifts and his call are what? Irrevocable. Irrevocable. His gifts... And his call, or without repentance, doesn't change. And irrevocable, you don't lose them. They never diminish in value or significance. And they're not something you lose. Everything God gives you is forever. And when your identity is in what he gave you, what he made you, then your sense of identity is secure. Year after year, decade after decade, century after century, millennia after millennia, you know who you are, you know what you have, and you know you can't lose it. You're never going to lose what he gave you. He gave you and I the gift of salvation. Oh, the gift. That's what we've been reading about. You've been redeemed. I've been having to hold myself back because eventually we're going to get to how he redeemed us. (laughs) You're going to shout. But we've got to take care of first things first. First of all, you've got to find out, even though you're so beautiful, that's not just who you are. Because you can lose it. And you can lose money, and you can lose position, and you can lose athletic ability, and you can use this. If you can lose it, your identity shouldn't be in it. I'm not the car I drive. I'm not the house I live in. And as much as I enjoy it, uh, me being able to preach to you and be able to be, preach it to others, that's not all I am. And if I wasn't, for some reason, I wasn't doing that anymore, I still need to be secure in who I am and what I am. 
And if God gave it to me, I never have to fear of losing it. He gave me a new name. He gave me citizenship in heaven. They're working on my place right now. I said, they're working on my place. Is that right? He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. They're getting my place ready. How about yours? They're getting your place ready? You need to come see my place. I need to come see your place. You're invited. I'm inviting you now to come over to my place. We could spend a century there and then go over to your place. We'll have plenty of time, lots of time. He gave us his Holy Spirit to abide with us forever. Hallelujah. This makes us important. He gave us all of his gifts and graces that he's given us, that's inside of us. And all the blessings that he's blessed us with in heavenly places, we will never lose them. Never. Money you can lose. Cars, houses, they're all temporary. They're fleeting. Soon and very soon, all this stuff's going to be a pile of ashes. Is that right? The Bible said the whole earth, the surface of the earth, uh, it's going to melt with fervent heat. That includes your house and car. So you, say, you believe in global warming. I, I'm beyond that. I believe in global melting. <laughs> I also believe I'm not going to be here. How about you? I'm I'm out of here. (laughs) Everything we have. Everything down here. Everything. Is very, very temporary. Come on, say it out loud. Very, very temporary. Houses, money, cars, clothes, jewelry, stuff. All of it. Including the body. Everything down here. That's not my identity. That's not what makes me worth something. What makes me worth something. Is who loves me. I am and you are. The apple of his eye. What makes you and I worth something. Is what was paid for us. The highest price. That's ever been paid for anything. In all time and eternity. Was paid for you. And for me. That's forever. That's eternal. Never fades. I've been recreated in Christ Jesus. Inside I'm a new creation. That never ages. I'm being renewed day by day. That's what makes me beautiful. Submitting to my God and loving Him and believing Him makes me beautiful to Him and beautiful to people that know Him. No matter what's happening here. Is that right? The riches He's given me are unsearchable, the Bible said. They go on forever and ever. I got 20 verses I didn't have time to read to you about it today. Unsearchable riches of His glory. And nothing can ever steal them from me. They can't lose value. They are mine forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What if you you lost a house or you lost some furniture? Your good stuff is over there. (laughs) I said your good stuff 
It's over there. This stuff was like a gallon of milk. It's got a date on it. I mean, is that right? Everything down here. <laughs> what are we talking about? The realization of this truth. The truth makes you free. The realization of these truths put your identity anchored in bedrock. It puts your value and worth in things you can't lose, that can't fade, which will make you solid. Hallelujah. Will deliver you from all insecurities and your confidence will rise up and you will be who you're supposed to be. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.